Hey, history enthusiasts, you get not one, but two events in history today. Heads up that you also might hear two different hosts, me and Tracy V. Wilson. With that said, on with the show. Welcome to this day in history class from HowStuffWorks.com and from the desk of Stuff You Missed in History Class. It's the show where we explore the past one day at a time with a quick look at what happened today in history. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Tracy V. Wilson, and it's August 2nd. On this day in 1934, Adolf Hitler declared himself Führer, or the supreme ruler of Germany. Now, the word Führer initially just meant leader or guide. And Hitler had actually already had that title in another context even before this point. He was the Führer, or leader, of the National Socialist German Workers' Party. He had joined the party in 1919, back when it was still known as the German Workers' Party. Of course, it was really the Nazi party. He worked in propaganda. He significantly shaped the party's direction, and he became its leader in 1921. He was leading the Nazi party in 1923 when he tried to overthrow the Weimar government in a coup that became known as the Beer Hall Putsch. But the putsch failed, and he wound up sentenced to five years in prison, although he only served for nine months During that nine months in prison, one of the things that he did was to dictate the first volume of Mein Kampf, or My Struggle, to his secretary who was in prison with him. This was Hitler's manifesto. It outlined his belief that the Aryan race was superior and it was threaded all through with intense anti-Semitism. That time in prison, though, didn't really dim his power very much. The Nazi party had been banned in the wake of that coup, but after he got out of prison, he started getting to work putting it back together again. By 1932, it was the largest party in the Reichstag, or the German parliament, although no party had a majority at that point. That year, he ran for president. He lost to Paul von Hindenburg, and Paul von Hindenburg had been asked to run only because he was the only person people thought could beat Hitler. And in 1933, Paul von Hindenburg selected Adolf Hitler as the chancellor of Germany, hoping to appease the Nazi party. As soon as he took office, though, Hitler started advocating to dissolve the Reichstag and to hold new elections because of the fact that no party had a majority in the parliament. And then the Reichstag building burned in a suspicious fire on February 27th of 1933. In the wake of that fire, Hitler got the president to issue an emergency decree that set all kinds of limits on the people's freedoms and liberties, and it was, quote, for the protection of the people and the state. And on March 24th of 1933, the Parliament passed the Enabling Act, or the, quote, law to remedy the distress of people in the Reich. And this gave Hitler an enormous amount of power to enact legislation without having to go through Parliament in the normal way. At the same time, the Nazi Party had its own paramilitary organization known as the SA that was larger and more powerful than the Weimar Army. From June 30th to July 2nd of 1934, Hitler carried out a huge purge of his personal and political enemies. These included the leader of the SA, Ernst Röhm, and several SA officers. Altogether, between 150 and 200 people were killed. This became known as the Night of the Long Knives. And then on July 3rd, he ordered a new law to be issued by the Reich cabinet that justified the Night of the Long Knives as an emergency action. Paul von Hindenburg died not long after this, on August 2nd of 1934, and that's when Hitler declared himself Führer. It was a role that was combining both the chancellor and the president. This had been two different roles before. It was 
unprecedented power. And on August 19th of 1934, the people of Germany overwhelmingly voted in favor of combining these roles, making him the Führer and Reichskanzler, or leader and chancellor of the country. And it's after all this that the word Führer became more commonly understood as the supreme leader with these connotations of a totalitarian dictatorship. You can find out more about Hitler's rise to power in the May 22nd, 2017 episode of Stuff You Missed in History Class called Hitler's Early Rise and the Night of the Long Knives. Thanks to Tari Harrison for her audio skills on all of these episodes. And you can subscribe to the Stay in History Class on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. We have a little bit of an accidental theme these few days. We will be returning to Germany for a story tomorrow from the 1936 Berlin Olympic Games. Hey guys, welcome to This Day in History class, where we bring you a new tidbit from history every day. The day was August 2nd, 1894. Berta Maria Julia Lutz was born in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Lutz is remembered as a dedicated feminist and diplomat and accomplished scientist. Berta was born into an upper-middle-class family. Her mother was Amy Fowler, a British nurse who had cared for people with leprosy in Hawaii. Adolfo Lutz, Berta's father, was a Swiss-Brazilian physician and epidemiologist who specialized in tropical medicine. Berta went to primary school in Brazil, but she traveled to Europe to finish her studies. She attended the University of Paris Sorbonne, studying natural sciences and concentrating on zoology. In 1918, she received a degree in biology from the Sorbonne. After she graduated, she returned to Brazil. In 1919, she took a high civil service post as secretary at the National Museum of Rio de Janeiro. But while in Europe, she had been paying attention to the suffragists and gained interest in the struggle for women's right to vote. In Brazil, she began advocating for women's suffrage and equal access to education and public office. Though she did not believe that the militant actions of suffragists in Britain would work in Brazil, she did believe that women needed to organize in their fight for rights. She published a call to Brazilian women, which said in part, I am proposing the establishment of a League of Brazilian Women. I am not proposing an association of suffragettes who would break windows along the street, but rather of Brazilians who understand that a woman ought not to live parasitically based on her sex, taking advantage of man's animal instincts, but rather be useful, educate herself and her children, and become capable of performing those political responsibilities which the future cannot fail to allot her. Lutz began serving as director of the Administrative Commission in the League of Brazilian Women, an organization that was established in 1919 and had the motto, Aid and Elevate Women. But Lutz would go on to found her own organization. Together with a teacher and author named Maria Lacerda Gimura, she established the League for the Intellectual Emancipation of Women in 1920. Unlike other organizations and publications that emphasized Christian morality and were philanthropic, the League was secular and did not take a charitable approach. 
It focused on employment and suffrage and promoted women's intellectual freedom through rational and scientific education. Its program was publicized through articles in the press, petitions, and proclamations. In 1921, the name of the organization was shortened to the League for the Emancipation of Women, and political, legal, and economic issues took precedent over intellectual freedom. In 1922, Lutz traveled to Baltimore, Maryland, as Brazil's delegate to the Pan-American Conference of Women. There, she consulted feminists and suffrage leaders on strategies for the movement in Brazil. She was elected vice president of the Pan-American Association for South America. And when she went back to Brazil, she established the Brazilian Federation for the Advancement of Women, which had representatives from all of the Brazilian states, women's professional organizations, and social action and charity groups. The organization focused on and was supported by middle and upper class women in urban areas and some impoverished women, as many were illiterate and therefore ineligible to vote, were turned off of the organization and loots for this reason. But the Federation did have programs and initiatives that helped lower-class women, including ones that focused on shorter working hours, health issues for rural women, and access to secondary education for girls. The campaign for women's right to vote was contentious, even among Latin American feminists who did not all agree on the value of the vote to their cause or were more concerned with other social and economic issues. Either way, Lutz continued to campaign for women's suffrage, establish more organizations, and take more leadership positions. She worked on the drafting committee for Brazil's new constitution, which was adopted in 1934, and women gained the right to vote. She got a law degree in 1933. She entered into politics, but the establishment of the dictatorial Estado Novo, or New State, ended women's participation in electoral politics. The women's movement lost momentum, and people were split over the effectiveness of Lutz's leadership. She turned her attention back to herpetology. Lutz became director of the botanical section of the National Museum, a position she held until she retired in 1964. She died in 1976. Several species of frogs and lizards are named after Berta Lutz. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. Get more notes from history on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at TDIHC Podcast. We'll see you here in the same place tomorrow. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.